this is Thoughts Become Things. With each episode, we'll help you reach the highest creative potential that God has for you. With your host, a teacher, life coach, a dream coach, and motivational speaker, Jeremy Lopez. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another podcast of Thoughts Become Things. I'm Jeremy Lopez, and looking forward to being with you guys today on this amazing Wednesday. It's a beautiful day so far, and hope wherever you are in the world, hope you're having a great day. If it's if it's Tuesday or Wednesday for you, or Thursday, and we're in the future, hey, I hope you're having a good day uh, as well. So I'm excited today. I want to talk to, to you guys about something a little different that sort of was sort of impressed in my spirit. You know, I had a series that came out a while back, and it was called Attracting Your Godly Spouse. And it's actually a dynamic series with a study guide, a workbook, a book, uh, excuse me, two books. So it's a total of four books, but it's a workbook, a study guide, a book called Attracting Your Godly Spouse, and then another book with it that's actually called um, uh, Law of Attraction for Difficult Spouses. And that's a di- different catchy title, is it not? But I wanted to be able to bring forth this series because we have sold thousands of them, literally. Like, there's so many people who get this series that says, you know, either I I'm in a relationship, in a marriage, or been praying for one, you know, to be in a relationship for years now. Either way, whatever side of the fence you're on, this series is for you because I deal with everything from uh, those who have not been in a relationship to those who've been in a relationship for so long that there's not a whole lot of communication, there's not a lot of spark and fire and flame left, and so I help people to be able to get that back and help people to be able to track the spouse that they want to see come out of the other one. And the great thing about this series is it has nothing to do with manipulation. Like, you know, you're going to manipulate that person to be what you want them to be. Life is about free will. Life is about adventure, but it's also about creativity. It's also about uh, creating, allowing ourselves to create. You know, we use the word evolve or create or evolve, whatever word you want to use. But the truth is that we can always uh, create our ourselves into a new persona, create ourselves into be, being a better version of ourselves, the version that God created us to be in this now moment, uh, you know, to where I can receive everything he has for me today knowing that this is the day the Lord has made so I can so I can begin to choose today on what I need to be to be able to be the representation of me to be what it is that God is bringing to me that day of what I need to so I can face it and be present now and so when you're dealing with attracting your godly spouse in the series which I'll talk about just a little bit today but at first and foremost I want to highly encourage everyone to go to the website identitynetwork.net and just put in attracting your godly spouse. Those four words, attracting your godly spouse, and it'll pull it up the series, and I would say download the series as ebooks right then and there, or just order them as paperbacks. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've had so many people tell me, I found my spouse. My spouse and I reconciled. Uh, you know, I've been waiting for 10 years, and now I've got the spouse of my dreams. You know, I walked into my, my life here. So no matter what side of the fence you're on, this is for you. So get that today. So when we deal with attracting your godly spouse, let me say this. We've heard it said before, you have to make room for them. You know, one of the things that statistically uh, that you hear, you know, um, said about single people is the longer you're single, the more selfish you become. And it doesn't mean that you meant to mean to be selfish. It doesn't mean you're like me, myself, and I. What it means is you get accustomed to building and creating your own world of of knowing and feeling what that will look like for you. So therefore, if you know if you're used to, let's say, spending your own money for 15 years and all of a sudden you meet somebody, it's gonna be a little tough, you know, for to be able to bring forth that trust issue, you know, to even bring forth maybe if you want to have your own, you know, personal uh, excuse me 
your, you know, a joint checking account, you know, which might be difficult. No matter what the case may be, bringing you into that uh, we and us mentality from me, myself, and I, it can be difficult sometimes. It can be a little tough. So you don't mean to get in a selfish mode of, let's say, you know, I'm used to sleeping on this side of the bed. Uh, you know, I'm used to buy what I want to. I'm used to taking my own vacations. I'm used to making my own decisions. I mean, in everything you do, there, be, there tends to be a selfish to that. But it's not an ungodly selfishness. It's basically a selfishness that, that you're used to looking out for you, and you should, right? But on the other hand, though, it can be in a, be in a place where it's sabotaging you and your future relationship. So first and foremost, I would say you have to begin to dive into the subconscious part of you and, rec and, and reconcile to yourself the us and the we back into play within your mind, within your conversation, within everything you do in order to truly, like a magnet, attract the spouse that you know God has promised you to, to, to have in your life. If you don't, then you know what? You will remain single because you will sabotage yourself not recognizing and really realizing exactly that you're doing it because you're too busy focused on you when you think you're giving sort of this energy over and this presence over to wanting somebody else. But the truth is there's a difference between, oh, I want to be with somebody. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone versus what your actions are really speaking. So your heart or your mind can say, man, I'm aching, I'm in pain, I want to be with somebody, I'm tired of living alone. But yet your actions can speak something else. And that's what the Bible says is it's considered double-minded, unstable in all their ways, because you're saying one thing, but you're living on another. And and once again, it's not the fact that one, uh, one of the other is right or wrong. It's the fact they're indifferent because you're wanting something, but yet your lifestyle is not conducive to that in which you're wanting or asking for. So you have to begin to, you know, be able to know that what I'm thinking about, what I truly feel like I'm desiring in my in my mind is also part of my heart. But also, it's going to be a part of my mind to say, now my mind needs to take on a new paradigm to include more than just myself. And so it's easy to say, oh, I want to be with somebody, but your actions are speaking on, this is my side of the bed, whether you consciously or unconsciously realizing it, you know, this is my toothbrush, I got everything you need organized, and what you're saying with, without saying it, here's where people miss it, what you're saying without out saying it is that this is how I live my life. This is how I, I do things. This is how I like things. Now, remember, your liking does come into play. So if I was to say, for example, for me, you know, I'm very OCD. If I was to sit here and say, you know, um, I like everything perfect. I want everything this way and that way. Well, it does. And I can turn around and say, let's say, for example, if I was, you know, not in a relationship, I could turn around and say, oh, but I want to, I want somebody so bad in my life. I don't want to be alone. I want to sleep alone. I want to, you know, I want to be married. The truth is, my actions are prophesying something totally different. My actions are saying, but my style of living is saying, this is the way it's going to be. This is the way it better be lived out. You know, and so you have to think about the fact that you don't have to use your mouth to speak words of life and death or even prophetically about what you're desiring because your your actions are actually prophesying in a silent way that's even more potent and stronger than what you say. Because it's not even the fact, let's say, for example, even when we deal with law of attraction, we can say, oh, I want a new car. Oh, I want a new house. But if my actions are not me putting myself into the play that I know God wants me to have a new car, therefore I need to not just think it, but desire it, live out of it, bring my joy into it, bring my expectation into it, and then and then make myself become the thing as if I already have one, it's never going to manifest, right? So it plays the same type of story in this situation. That if I don't 
begin to make my actions, my style of living, line up with what it is I'm saying that I feel like my heart is really wanting, that I'm never going to get it. And so you could say things such as making extra room in your closet, setting one side of the closet empty, one side of the, uh, the closet for your own stuff. That's a great start. But prophetic acts are powerful, but prophetic acts that you're doing in the natural, such as clearing out maybe uh, one cabinet for your spouse and you key in you and the other cabinet you use for yourself, even though you live all by yourself, right? But the key thing is a prophetic act is powerful, but a prophetic act still needs to be able to speak into you. So the very things you're seeing outwardly are the very things that also need to be spoken inwardly to you through what you're seeing and through your actions of what you're implementing. So there's still the alignment, there's still that seeing, and there's still that believing that must come forward. So when we're dealing with attracting a godly spouse, we have to begin to take a look to say, am I mirroring, mirroring the very thing I'm really wanting? Because I can say, I want a spouse that's friendly. But here's my question to you. No condemnation, but how many relationships have you been into that, let's say, for example, ended bad? And maybe you keep on saying, it's always him, it's always him, it's always him, it's always him. Not recognizing that the mirroring effect is saying that you will, and this is one thing people have a problem with, but it's a reality. You can only attract into your life the very thing that you are. End of discussion. It doesn't mean you're evil, you're bad, but if there is a, if you're sabotaging your relationships because it's always their fault, why to keep on tracking the same person? You can only attract the thing that you are. And so that means subconsciously there's bits and pieces of fragmentation that doesn't mean it's manifesting in the way that they're displaying it to you. It does mean they can manifest and go through different avenues. So for example, if I keep on attracting an abusive spouse who keeps on just cussing me out, saying how unworthy I am, I can that I'm only mirroring myself of how I see myself, how I value myself. Do I talk down to myself? Do I put myself down? I can only, only I can only get back the very thing I'm treating how I'm treating myself. That's why the Bible even says, "Love your neighbor as you love yourself." You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. So, therefore, everything is nothing more universally than a mirroring effect. You know, well, I don't. You know, I'm not talking ugly to them. They're talking ugly to me. Well, great, but are you talking ugly to yourself? Right, what are you thinking behind closed doors? How are you really treating things and, and things and people that people don't see? Right? How many things are you manipulating yourself with by how you treat yourself and other, th other people without saying out loud as if you're not recognizing that you're doing it to, you know, to the situation, which means you're manipulating yourself, which is even more deadly. So you have to understand through this series that I'm able to help you to see so many factors and I can give you my word. You will find it in your heart where you will draw the, the, the attention to the future spouse or the spouse in your marriage already that's here, how to rekindle that flame and how to, how to bring forth and magnify the very desires of your heart of how you feel that spouse should be towards you by being that to them. But also, I'm going to give you some techniques of what to do to make it that accelerate. So I'm saying today, go to the website, identitynetwork.net, and when you do, I want you to put in Attracting Your Godly Spouse and download that series. You'll be glad you did, folks. It's powerful, it's authentic, but it will definitely revolutionize your life. And before long, you won't be alone. You'll be with the person you desire to be with. So go do that today. And don't forget as I close out this podcast that... If you don't like your day, you can change it. You have the power in you to change it. You have the power in you to change situations and circumstances by being what it is you want to see in the earth. God bless you. 
This has been the Thoughts Become Things podcast with Jeremy Lopez, helping you reach your highest creative potential that God has for you. For more episodes, products, and information on Jeremy, visit www.identitynetwork.net.